Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. It's harder to focus than ever these days. Thankfully, C4 has reinvented the energy drink game with C4 Smart Energy, the only energy drink clinically proven to provide enhanced mental focus, containing 200 milligram of natural caffeine, a blend of vitamins and zero sugar. It was formulated to support your well-being and help you feel your best, all while enhancing mental focus. From your brain to your body, C4 Smart Energy does it all, and tastes amazing. Look for Smart Energy in the beverage aisle at your local Kroger, Albertsons, and Safeway grocery stores. C4 Smart Energy. Stay focused. We have breaking news as we come on the air tonight. CBS News has learned who President Trump is expected to name to the Supreme Court and what could cement a conservative majority for a generation. The president is expected to nominate federal judge Amy Coney Barrett as the Senate prepares for an epic confirmation battle. The news coming just hours after Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg makes history one final time. A tribute filled with opera. Oh, push-ups. Seven million cases in the U.S. Infections on the rise, with eight states seeing a major increase in cases, up 60 percent in the last two weeks. And the new hotspot, Wisconsin. And tonight, Florida makes a stunning announcement, plus the first criminal charges linked to nursing home deaths of 76 veterans. Demanding answers. Breonna Taylor's family blasts the state's attorney general after no officer is charged with her death. The system as a whole has failed her. And the new rallying cry released the grand jury transcripts, plus our first look at new body cam footage from the night of the shooting. Terror in Paris, a stabbing attack outside the former offices of the newspaper that mocked the Prophet Muhammad. An urgent warning against the so-called Benadryl challenge on social media. And on the road, CBS's Steve Hartman with a story that will have you saying, "Uh uh-oh, SpaghettiOs. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news. CBS News has learned President Trump is expected to nominate federal appeals court judge Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court tomorrow. Sources say the 48-year-old conservative will begin meeting with key senators as early as Wednesday and that hearings could start within weeks. 
which is 39 days to go before the election. Republicans are already gearing up for a quick confirmation as Democrats dig in against a nominee they say will fundamentally reshape the court, making it solidly conservative for decades to come. Now, the decision to nominate Barrett comes as the justice she would replace on the court made history at the U.S. Capitol. Ruth Bader Ginsburg became the first woman and the first Jewish American to lie in state there today. But unlike those who have received similar honors, the public could not file past her casket due to strict coronavirus restrictions. And tonight, there's also breaking news on the virus. As we come on the air, the U.S. has now surpassed 7 million confirmed cases, with new infections rising in 28 states. Still, Florida's governor says he is fully reopening his state now. Ron DeSantis says bars, restaurants, and theme parks can operate at full capacity starting tonight. There's a lot of new reporting to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents standing by. CBS's Weijia Zhang is going to lead off our coverage at the White House. Good evening, Weijia. Good evening to you, Nora. Judge Amy Coney Barrett will be President Trump's third Supreme Court nominee. Unlike for his previous two nominees, who he introduced in prime time, the president plans to make the official announcement tomorrow evening during a Rose Garden ceremony here at the White House. While on a three-state campaign spree, President Trump built up momentum for the big announcement. We are appointing a Supreme Court justice for the Tonight, CBS News has learned the president is expected to nominate federal appeals judge Amy Coney Barrett to replace Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The 48-year-old mother of seven was an early frontrunner, especially after the president considered her to replace Justice Anthony Kennedy in 2018. Barrett clerked for conservative icon Justice Antonin Scalia and became a favorite among religious groups for her anti-abortion views. This week, Barrett made two trips to the White House and met with President Trump. He's pushing Congress to confirm her before Election Day, arguing a full court could be needed to rule on the results. It's going to be a fantastic night, November 3rd. Now, I don't know, you know, with this ballot situation. Mr. Trump says he may not accept the results of the race if voters mail in their ballots, despite his own FBI director, Christopher Wray, saying there is no evidence of fraudulent voting by mail. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows doubted Wray's competence. With all due respect to Director Ray, he has a hard time finding emails in his own FBI, uh, let alone uh, figuring out whether there's any kind of voter fraud. Meadows also suggested some mail-in ballots should not count. Should we allow votes to come in and be counted uh, a week after November 3rd? I don't believe so. But at least 18 states in Washington, D.C. accept ballots after Election Day, as long as they are postmarked by then. The Biden team, anticipating a fierce fight over voting, has hundreds of attorneys nationwide standing ready. The last thing we need is, uh, you know, the equivalent of a coup. I mean, this is not this is not who we are. We'll have an election in this country as we always have had. And uh, and, and he'll leave. Judge Barrett is already well known on Capitol Hill, having just gone through the confirmation process to become a federal judge in 2017. Republicans consider her a sure bet, but some Democrats have suggested they will refuse to meet with Barrett before her hearing to become a justice. Nora. 
Weijia Zhang at the White House, thank you. Joining us now from the Supreme Court is CBS News Chief Legal Correspondent Jan Crawford. And Jan, if Judge Barrett is confirmed, how would that mark a dramatic shift for the court? Oh, I mean, Nora, this court would be solidly conservative, potentially for decades. And that's why conservatives are going to really see this as a home run. She is a highly regarded federal appeals court judge, considered a brilliant academic. Her writing suggests she sees the law a lot like her old boss, Justice Scalia. That means she would be one of the court's staunchest conservatives. It would also mean that Chief Justice John Roberts wouldn't necessarily be able to rein in conservatives to keep them from allowing restrictions on abortion or ending doc both of which he did this term. Now, Judge Barrett is still going to have to get through a confirmation hearing. Democrats are going to try to put up a fight. You're going to hear a lot about Roe versus Wade, whether she would overturn it, whether she'd allow restrictions on abortion. But if Republicans hold together, there is not a lot that Democrats can do. Nora? All right, Jan, thank you. And we're going to have much more on Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg later. But we're going to turn now to the coronavirus pandemic because the U.S. has surpassed 7 million coronavirus infections. And tonight, Dr. Anthony Fauci is warning the country will face a serious challenge if coronavirus levels remain this high. Now, it all comes as the Republican governor of Florida is lifting all COVID restrictions on businesses and says the Sunshine State plans to have a full Super Bowl, which could bring 150,000 visitors to Tampa Bay. We get more now from CBS's Manuel Bohorkas. Pandemic or no pandemic, Florida is back in business. Today, Governor Ron DeSantis lifted restrictions against bars and restaurants. They can now operate at full capacity. He's also outlawing the collection of any fines for violating mandates like mask requirements. We're not closing anything going forward. We're going to be able to host the Super Bowl in February. But some Florida health experts warn that any talk of normalcy is premature. Nearly 14,000 Floridians have already died from COVID. Would you say that this decision seems based more on politics than actual science? It's not based on science. It's the kind of politics that's going to backfire. That fear is being realized in at least eight other states, which are now reporting a huge spike in new cases, with more than a 60 percent increase over the past two weeks. Among the hardest hit, Wisconsin, up nearly 100 percent in cases, with more people hospitalized than ever before. In Virginia, Governor Ralph Northam announced he and his wife have tested positive. Word also today of the first known criminal charges against operators of a nursing home since the pandemic began. Two men who oversaw the soldier's home in Holyoke, Massachusetts, where at least 76 veterans have died from COVID, could each face more than a decade in prison. Prosecutors say positive patients were crammed in the same room as those who were healthy. A nurse told investigators she felt like she was walking the veterans to their death, and they were terrified. They risked their lives from the beaches of Normandy to some the jungles of Vietnam to know that they died under the most horrific circumstances is truly shocking. Lori Mandeville Baudet lost her father, a Korean war vet. If you work in healthcare, you know about universal precautions. Those measures just weren't taken there. They simply weren't. Back here in Florida, the governor cited a positivity rate for new cases below 5% in his push to reopen the economy. But other estimates have that figure at about 11%, which is much higher than many health officials recommend to reopen. Nora? Manny Bohorquez, thank you. 
tonight, Breonna Taylor's family is demanding to see what evidence Kentucky's attorney general presented to the grand jury in the case. The family remains outraged by the decision not to charge three officers with killing Taylor. And tonight, Louisville and cities around the country are bracing for more unrest. Here's CBS's Jerika Duncan. Say her name! As the family gathered around the memorial to chant her name, there was a scathing rebuke of another name, Kentucky's Attorney General. I never had faith in Daniel Cameron to begin with. Amen. Wearing Breonna Taylor's emergency medical technician jacket, her aunt Bianca Austin read the words from Taylor's mother, who was too distraught to speak. I was reassured Wednesday of why I have no faith in the legal system, in the police, in the law that are not made to protect us black and brown people. Family attorney Ben Crump demanded the grand jury's files be released. Release the transcript so we can have transparency. We didn't choose this fraternity. Mm -hmm. This fraternity chose us. Mm. Jacob Blake Sr., whose son was left paralyzed by an officer's bullets to his back in Kenosha, Wisconsin, says he drove eight hours to be here. I want people to understand that we're fed up, that we demand justice everywhere. Thursday night, mass protests continued in Louisville. And nationwide, there were flare-ups. Protesters in Seattle burned trash cans. In Sacramento, an American flag set ablaze. And in Los Angeles, a vehicle seen striking a protester causing minor injuries. Enough is enough, America! Larger protests are planned in Louisville this weekend. The city's interim police chief is asking our militia to stay away. Many of them say they're coming to help us. Let me be clear. That is not help we need. That is not help we want. We are also seeing the first police body camera video from the morning of the March 13th shooting. The 44-second clip shows officers quickly moving Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly, who was shot in the leg during the raid, as Breonna Taylor lay in her apartment, dying from a bullet to her heart's main artery. Protesters vow to keep marching until the officers involved are fired. Breonna Taylor has brought us together. And we will never be separated. Jefferson Square is now pretty much empty. Protesters left this area and are marching through the streets of downtown Louisville as we speak. As for Daniel Cameron, we reached out to his office. A spokeswoman there tells me that he understands that the family is not happy with the outcome. On Wednesday, when asked if he would release that grand jury report, he said he would revisit that question after the FBI finishes its investigation. Nora? Jerika Duncan tonight. Thank you. And tonight, France's interior minister says there is little doubt that a slashing attack in Paris was an act of terror. Two people were wounded outside the former headquarters of a magazine that mocked the prophet Muhammad. It was the scene of a 2015 attack that killed 12 people. Here's CBS's Charlie Daggett. Plainclothes police chased down the main suspect not far from the scene of the attack. 
A witness described one of the wounded as bleeding from head to toe. A large meat cleaver was found at the crime scene. The two victims may have been random, but the location and timing prompted the French interior minister to call it a new bloody attack on our country, right outside the former Charlie Hebdo office and right in the middle of a trial of 14 alleged accomplices to the 2015 attack. When Islamist gunmen stormed the office of the satirical magazine after it published cartoons of the Prophet Muhammad, killing 12 people, including the execution of a police officer outside at point-blank range. Now, French prosecutors have identified the main suspect as an 18-year-old Pakistani man. He has confessed to the attack. He was not on any terrorist watch list. One more person is under arrest. Five more people are being questioned tonight. Nora? Charlie Daggett, thank you. Today in the U.S. Capitol, the life of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg was celebrated both in song and ceremony. Mourners bore witness to her courage, tenacity, and strength. Here again is CBS's Jan Crawford. Ready, step. Ready, step. Even in death, she made history. The first woman to lie in state in the U.S. Capitol. The first Jewish person and the first time for an associate justice of the Supreme Court. In the private service for family, close friends, and members of Congress, Rabbi Lauren Holtzblatt spoke of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's brilliance and her persistence. Justice did not arrive like a lightning bolt. As a lawyer, she won equality for women and men, not in one swift victory, but brick by brick, case by case, through meticulous, careful lawyering. She changed the course of American law. Let them Singer Denise Graves struck up a friendship with Ginsburg that began over their shared love of opera. Another tribute, her personal trainer, Bryant Johnson, three push-ups at the casket. Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris also paid respects. And as Ginsburg's casket left the Capitol, female members of Congress, Democrat and Republican, lined the steps, coming together in gratitude for a woman who blazed the path forward for all of us. Jan Crawford, CBS News, Washington. And the late justice will be buried next to her beloved husband at Arlington National Cemetery. The FDA has issued an urgent warning against taking part in the so-called Benadryl challenge on social media. Several teenagers have posted videos of themselves on TikTok taking high doses of the allergy medication. The FDA is investigating reports of teenagers ending up in emergency rooms or dying. TikTok says it is removing the videos. Tonight, a veteran baseball announcer resigned after 14 years as a Cincinnati Reds broadcaster. Tom Brenneman voiced a homophobic slur that was picked up during a game last month. He apologized, but the Reds suspended him, citing a zero-tolerance policy for discrimination. The neat round spaghetti you can eat with a spoon just turned 55, and it's still a hot seller in one town. CBS's Steve Hartman is on the road. I thought I had reported on every subject imaginable until this week when I traveled to Attleboro, Massachusetts. All right, let's talk SpaghettiOs. Okay. 
First interview I've ever begun like that. <laughs> this is Crystal McDonald. You never know where life will lead you to. Crystal's unlikely obsession with canned pasta began after the birth of her daughter, Ashlyn. Ashlyn is autistic. And earlier this year, she stopped eating food altogether, with the sole exception of SpaghettiOs and meatballs. Teachers and therapists were working to expand her palate when the pandemic hit, clearing grocery store shelves of a lot more than just toilet paper. We couldn't find SpaghettiOs anywhere. It was like they were there one day and the next they were gone. Well, wait, wait, why was there a run on SpaghettiOs? I don't know. People thought, like, if the world ended, you could survive on SpaghettiOs. I just know that I was losing my mind trying to find them. So. And that's when the miracle happened. Like prepackaged manna from heaven, SpaghettiOs just started showing up. On her doorstep, in the mail, hundreds of cans from people in the community who'd heard about Ashlyn in the local paper and wanted to help. If it wasn't for the kindness of people like that, we would not have gotten by. Hi. When you have a child with special needs, their future is always in the back of your mind. Who's going to take care of them when I get old? And to see people come out and embrace us gave me so much hope that they will love her and take care of her when I'm not here. SpaghettiOs is hardly a culinary cause celeb. But in this home, at least, every can is now fortified with faith in humanity. Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Attleboro, Massachusetts. Next week on the CBS Evening News, we'll be in North Carolina with our latest Battleground Tracker poll in our series, Every State Has a Story. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. That is tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. A reminder to stay positive and test negative. I'm Nora O'Donnell in the nation's capital, and we'll see you right back here Monday. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. The Hargan women seemed to have it all. We were blessed. My mom was amazing. But detectives would soon discover... Inside the house, there were the bodies of two women. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. I am just praying to God, this is a sick joke. From 48 Hours, this is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.